0: We get it. Starting educational therapy can be a daunting process, and most parents don't have personal experience working with an educational therapist. While you may just be considering starting educational therapy or even waiting to have a phone call with one of us, we want to be able to answer some of the questions we know you likely have. Let's dig in.
1: You want to learn
0: faster, but sometimes working harder is just not the answer you have to learn smarter the educational therapy podcast
1: hi smarties welcome to learn smarter the educational therapy podcast i'm stephanie pitts and i'm rachel Cap. we have so many ideas and topics for this podcast and one of the ideas that we're taking action on today is answering your frequently asked questions We've both been in private practice for nearly three years at this point, in November of 2018. And we realized most parents have the same questions. We invite parents to sign up for a phone call with us when they want to start the process of educational therapy. And we realized we spent a lot of the phone call answering the same questions over and over again. So we thought, we can do this better. So today, if you're a parent considering starting educational therapy for your learner, or even a potential client who has already signed up for a phone call to have with one of us, and you're waiting to speak to us, this episode is for you. Please consider
0: this your personal invitation from us Smarties to get started. If you're interested in working with one of us and don't live in Southern California, we both do virtual sessions. Don't let the distance be a roadblock. If you do live in our areas, my practice is in Beverly Hills and Steph is in Redondo Beach, California. We also look forward to working with you and supporting your journey. The best way to start this journey is by signing up with us at our individual business website. So my website is www.capedtherapy.com
1: and Steph's website is www.myedtherapist.com. And
0: we both have links on our websites to sign up for a phone call, and that's the first step of the process. We hope that this way, when we finally chat with you on the phone, we can spend our time together talking about what is most important, your child and their learning story. Let's get going. So Steph, we have outlined six frequently asked questions. So the first question is, how long
1: will this take? (laughs) how long will this take? We want to remind everybody, how long will this take? There's no magic answer. Educational therapy is more of a marathon than a sprint. There's no timetable that we can give you. The following areas are all a factor in determining the efficacy of educational therapy. Goals, motivation, strategies, and willingness to partner. So that willingness to partner goes a lot of different directions.
0: It's us with the actual student. It's us with the parents who are usually very, very willing to partner and very highly motivated. And it's also our partnership and how that goes with the school. And other allied professionals. And other allied professionals working on the team. So if your child is also seeing a psychologist and a psychiatrist or a speech pathologist.
1: We always partner with those professionals as well. But we assure you, this is our commitment to you. We will kick you out of educational therapy when your child is ready. Most students and parents are ready to graduate from educational therapy before they realize, and we promise we'll let you know.
0: It's one of our most favorite conversations to have with parents. We are ready to reduce sessions from two to one time a week, or your child's ready to be done entirely. It's usually quite emotional for the family. We just want to prep you for that kind of conversation down the line. But it's our favorite thing to do because it means we did our job well, and your child is thriving in school.
1: Yeah. And really, honestly, the goal of educational therapy is to be done with educational therapy. And oftentimes when I have a student come in and they're dragging their heels and they don't want to do this, and I sit there and say, I promise you, my job is for you to not have to come here anymore. Absolutely. And that is definitely usually a good buy-in. The other good buy-in is I want to make homework and your life easier and you be able to have time to be a kid. I usually get a smile with that one too. So we promise you that we're not in this. For the long haul, and it's only what your child needs. That's the reason why we can't give a specific answer
0: about how long it will take, because each child is coming in with different goals, with different attitudes about schools, with different levels of learning gaps that we have to remediate and help them to catch up and then teach them how to be a student who's learning with their peers, on time with their peers, and then ahead of their peers, too. Yeah. So it's a process, and spoiler alert, in the coming weeks, Steph and I will be revealing our educational therapy process and our educational Therapy Framework, which has three main sections. And we're excited to bring that episode to you in the future.
1: So the second question we often get asked is, what does a typical session look like?
0: So the first thing we want to tell you about this question is we have already done an episode answering this question. So if you're a new listener here and you're a new smarty on the podcast, go back and scroll back in your podcast app to episode eight, In that episode, Steph and I teach each other about what a typical session is like for one of us. So we each took an example client and broke down the session on the podcast. What we can tell you, for those of you who haven't taken the time yet to listen to that episode, Growth Mindset. Or maybe you don't want to, and that's okay too. And that's fine. Yeah. Typical sessions vary in accordance with your child's individual psychoeducational goals. So for students who are younger, elementary age maybe, remediation will often occur through gameplay and homework that is appropriate for their goals. So for example, a student who is struggling with math will not be doing history homework in session with us. For students who are in middle school and high school, remediation usually needs to occur within the homework. Middle school and high school students are typically much busier and much more anxious coming into educational therapy, and they need to feel like they've left the session accomplishing something tangible. All the work conducted within sessions will be aligned with the specific goals of your child. Each learner is very different, and as a result, the strategies and remediation provided will be specific to your individual learner. I often get asked by parents, how would you start? And I always have to respond, well, I need to start by meeting your child. (laughs) We go to the area of need first. Steph, what would you add?
1: Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, there's times that maybe a student comes in with a specific problem and Rach and I are both really good at being detectives. And we might find some other holes that need remediating. So while you might come in saying my child isn't reading or my child is having difficulty with math. And we find there are some other things that would really help your child excel. Mm -hmm. We're going to remediate those also. So if your child comes in for math, and I have some students that I work with math, but also some stuff in history or social studies has come up or reading, and I've noticed that maybe there's a few sounds that haven't been solidified or they need some comprehension help or they have some visual processing stuff that is affecting their math. So while it might necessarily not look like we're doing math problems, we're definitely working on things to help strengthen the skills that need strengthening. I
0: think this is a really good point that sometimes the things that you and I prioritize in session can and should be different from what the parent has prioritized as important. And it just is a conversation that we always need to have with you about why we're going to point A if the parent's concern is point B. It's usually because point A underlines everything else. Mm -hmm. So that's just if you ever have questions about why we're doing something, we invite those questions. We love talking about what we're doing and why we're doing it. And I think it really helps the whole family understand the learning profile when we have those conversations. Because when you say, stuff, when a parent questions, which we invite and encourage, they usually walk away from the conversation feeling assured and feeling like, yes, what Rachel said made total sense.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that you know we're finding some other things that maybe haven't come up yet, but they will. And when I come across a kid that's reading word problems in math and they're not decoding the words correctly, yes, I need to go back because I can't start with the math if they don't know what they're reading.
0: Absolutely. So
1: this is a, a perfect example of something that has come up in my sessions before. And I need to start at the first step because you can't jump four steps in and it's not going to work and I'm not going to claim it's going to work. Right. And it's really important to pinpoint exactly what they need to work on because that's going to help the overall learning process.
0: Question three, can
1: you build my insurance? This is a big one, guys. And unfortunately, in California, educational therapists do not have licensure. And therefore, we have no insurance codes to give you. We are able to provide a super bill. But we've never been able to have a client figure out how to get insurance to reimburse them. And if you are that unicorn that figures that out, please let us know because I know that there's other parents that would definitely love to know about it.
0: I would love to be able to update this podcast episode and say that we have found our unicorn who got at therapy covered by insurance. And so definitely please let us know. We would love that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So what ages do we work with? Steph and I both serve students of all ages. I myself primarily focus on students who are third grade and older. That does not mean if you call with a first or second grader that I will not work with them. Sometimes what that means is I will work with them depending on what we're working on. And sometimes that's where we have other educational therapists and specialists who work for us in our practice who specialize in different things. Mm -hmm. This is something that we discuss on our phone call, and we figure out who the right fit is for you. Sometimes it's me, and sometimes it's somebody else in my practice.
1: Steph, what would you add? Yeah, the same thing. Sometimes it's me, and sometimes it's somebody else in the practice. My practice is kindergarten all the way up through graduate students, and I even worked with some parents doing executive functioning coaching. I have as well. Help them. So really, honestly, it's... Wherever the need is, we got <laughs> Pre- I don't do preschool.
0: <laughs> I don't <laughs> do <laughs> preschool either.
1: So I guess really that's the answer. It's like anything kindergarten or up.
0: Yes. The next question that we often get is, is my child a good fit or do they need somebody else or a tutor? If your child is struggling or anxious about school, they are a good fit for educational therapy. If you are struggling and you notice the gaps and you're worried about your child's academic performance, then yes, they are a good fit. But this is one of the reasons we have a phone call to get this process started. There has been many times that I have reaffirmed parents' decision to start educational therapy. And there are times when I encourage parents to take a deep breath and to see what happens next with their student. So Steph and I are not a hard sell. Steph, you wanted to say something.
1: I wanted to say, you know, one of the things that you said is reminding parents that kids are only one day older than they were yesterday. And I think that that's really helping a lot of parents put it in perspective. We can't expect so much growth in a short period of time when they're just a day older. Exactly. It makes perfect sense. I remind parents of that as well. And it's
0: interesting now, my friends are parenting. And one of the things that I say to them is because we've definitely had those conversations of what's going to happen when their kids are 18, 19. And I'm telling you, their kids are turning one now and we're (laughs) having that conversation. I only give them permission to worry about the next three
1: months. Yeah. It makes so much sense.
0: It really helps them keep their fears and concerns contained. And usually by the time you're placing the call for educational therapy, you've exhausted a lot of options. You're very concerned and you just want to find the right fit to help your child. And that's why we have our initial phone call to help determine if this is the right fit for you. Yeah. Our last frequently asked question is, how is this different from tutoring? Steph, how would you answer this question?
1: (laughs) Well, I would say we've done an episode about this. Go back to episode seven if you're curious about it. But in a nutshell, the biggest thing that I say with parents that don't know what educational therapy is when they're calling is tutoring is content, and educational therapy is learning how to learn through content. So we're teaching them who they are as learners, how they learn, how to do all these different things. And it might be through content if they're in middle or high school. And if not, it's by doing things that we've particularly pulled out to use to teach. It's the skills and strategies of
0: being a learner and getting through life. Yeah. And so we're teaching skills and strategies with the intention of the skills and strategies becoming generalizable for our students so that they are able to self-select. They have their toolbox of strategies and then they self-select which strategy will work best with which assignment in each
1: particular environment. I think this goes for both of us. We want to remember that grades are not indicative of what your child might be struggling with or not struggling with or we're working on something and the grades aren't showing up yet. We're really not looking at just improving grades because that's just purely content. Mm -hmm. We're really teaching them the foundations of how to hold themselves up. And that's completely different from grades. Our job is to teach your learner how
0: to be an independent and autonomous student and eventually employee or boss down the line. And that's one of the reasons why when those skills and strategies have been learned and your child's individually self-selecting correctly, which strategy to use, we escort you kindly out of the educational therapy journey. But we'll miss you. (laughs) Well, we do miss you. And we're not gone from your lives because you guys will pop up into our brains and old clients can attest. You will get a random email from me. I'm just thinking about you. And we usually get a great email back from former clients letting us know what's happened and or that their child is reporting that they hear Rachel's voice in their head. (laughs) And I'm sure your (laughs) clients hear Steph's voice in their head. So funny. And we love the relationship that we get to build with your child and with you we love our jobs
1: yeah we have great jobs yeah (laughs) for sure so thanks for taking the time to listen and get a better sense of what our process is
0: if you're waiting for a phone call with us we cannot wait to chat with you and we will be calling you and (laughs) if you're not yet sure you haven't signed up for a phone call with us, sign up we'll tell you if you don't need it yet Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And if you're curious about other episodes that we've done, go ahead and scroll back and click on the ones that seem interesting to you because we'd love to talk to you about that as well once we get on the phone with you. Yeah. We will include the links to our individual websites in the show notes because we know you listen to podcasts on the go. We listen to podcasts on the go. And can't wait to connect with you. Have a great week. Have a great
1: week.